This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Suze McLeod here with Pastor Michael. Hello. Pastor Michael, you know, this last weekend, a weekend ago, we had our progressive dinner. I love progressive dinner. Yeah, me too. Not just because there's really good food like over and over again. I get to talk to a whole bunch of people yep. that I've like, I don't some of them I've never even spoken to before. Yeah. It was a blast. That is a blast. But so one of the conversations we had at one of our houses was what is your childhood car? And that opened a can of worms. Wow. Yeah. So what I was thinking about you, I thought you had three brothers. Yeah. yeah what did yeah. you guys drive back in would have been the eighties and nineties? Okay. So. Or what did your parents I'm, drive you around in? Is my really mom the might kill me. Okay. When she hears this. Uh, well, Dan could cut it if it really gets... Yeah. Yeah. Dan, if it goes dirty, you yeah. just cut it. Um, <laughs> so at, I had a paper route from 11 years old, and uh-huh. I had a moped at 15. I catch this. The moped would go 42 miles an hour was like its no limit. Way. I mean, that's like pushing it, right? So I also flunked kindergarten. My mom technically held me back. I call it flunking. I mean, yeah, whatever. I, so I call that holding back. Yeah. I flunked. So, so uh, that means, catch this, in eighth grade, I was 15. Oh, dear. Because I was already old for my age. And so in eighth grade, I had a moped. So I could fit two people in my moped. Could so, you? Legally? Legally. Okay. And I had a driver's license for my moped. I could go on all the main roads. As long as the speed limit wasn't over 50 miles an hour, I could go on the road. So I, in eighth grade, would drive my moped to Heather's house, uh-huh. which was a 15-minute normal car ride away. And I'm, That's I'm amazing. it was like a 25-minute moped ride. <gasps> I throw Heather on my moped and we go to the mall. And then oh, we come the back. These are the days of hanging out at the mall. Yeah. Boom. This is a different yes. time. Yeah. The mall was the place. Right. Eighth grade, I had wheels. That's pretty incredible. Now, did I do it all the time? I did it enough. You're that, in Michigan. Like, so yeah, like, we're in Michigan. what are you doing yeah. in the winter? Oh, no, you don't do that. Yeah, in the no, that's, that's what like, I was thinking. Yeah, okay. I would use it for the paper route if it wasn't super icy. Usually okay. they would like salt the roads or whatever. Yeah. But um, but then when I was 16, I I got my, I think it was my aunt's, my great aunt's 1984 Delta 88. It was the biggest hunk of steel you've ever seen in your and entire life. this is life. where our conversation went the other night is these yeah. big vehicles. It was a, so I didn't change the oil. I blew the engine out and we oh, had dear. another Delta 88, this time a four door. Oh my gosh. So I had two Delta 88s yeah. and it was, honestly, I could fit so many people in that thing. It was oh, a party Oh, I know because you got the seat, the yeah. whole, what do they call that seat? It's not, you're um, not bucket seats now, but like yeah, the, it's the bench seat. The bench seat. Yeah, it's yes. the full bench yes. across the row. I could fit people in the trunk. So what about your do. family vehicle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about your family vehicle growing up? Uh, Toyota minivan, the one like the weird shaped ones, oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And then we got the Mercury Villager. That was like the new cool thing. And okay. I didn't really drive those a lot unless I needed to take eight people somewhere. Then I would, you know, definitely get that. But by and large, my Delta 88 took me everywhere I needed to go. That's I hilarious. took it with me to Missouri in 1999 yeah. and um, sold it for 500 bucks to this man who was a great guy, but he was six foot seven and he weighed over, I think it was 450 pounds. So, so just so for clarity's yeah. sake, listeners, Michael does, is nowhere near that. No, I'm weight not. or height wise. <laughs> Negative. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, I we sell him the car. Uh-huh. This is a big car, by the way. It is yeah, a hunk of steel. Yeah. 
two years later, I go back to Missouri and I see the guy driving the car. That's incredible. And the car is on like an angle from toward the toward <gasps> the pass the oh, driver's seat where he sat because of his weight. Oh, and it wow. was a I was driving behind him and I was like, that's my car. Because yeah. it had the bumper sticker in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Like it was unmistakable. It was a brown 1984 Delta 88. And uh, and it is it is tilted. And uh, it was I was actually struck by how tilted the car was because of his size. But it was a car that was so big it could fit a guy his size. It's not often that you find a car that a right. guy that that's big impressive. and a car that can no, fit No, that's him. impressive. And, and for yeah, anyway, so you bucks, see how great. this opened a can of worms at our... I think this has our, everything to do with our yeah, question. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, listeners, today, today, Michael, I would love for to talk about, does God still give people the gift of healing today? Everything in me wants to ask you what you think, but I'm just going to go right to mm. some of my high-level yeah. thoughts because we always say good theology is nuanced. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when somebody says something... Uh, we take all of this baggage and we put it on the person. So, mm. for example, if I were to say, I don't believe that God gives the gift of healing today, mm-hmm. there will be a whole bunch of people. In fact, I would say mm, 95% of the time that I ever say that, the following statement follows. The following statement follows. Mm. Grammatically redundant. But it's okay, point. yeah. So you don't believe God heals? That's not actually what I said. Right. This is very nuanced. Right. There's, there's a, this is why I don't know that I can answer yes or no right right now. I right. think we need to go there. So if the if the question is, do you believe God heals? Well, there's no question. Yes. Do you believe God can heal? Absolutely. Does God heal through people praying? Definitely. For sure. It's in James. Yeah. yeah. Um, does God heal when people come before the elders and they pray? Definitely. Do the elders have the spiritual gift of healing? Totally different question. So here's the nature of the gift. So, so for example, mm-hmm. Peter says, about the gift of prophecy. Uh, The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets, meaning the prophets are in control of their gift. So I have the gift of teaching. This is my ministry, right? A synonym for a gift is ministry or even maybe temporary calling because just because you have a gift or a ministry and calling in one season of life doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what you do for the rest of your life. Yep. And um, so a a gift, a ministry, a ministry calling is... Uh, in control, uh, the person who has it is in control of the use of it. Now, here's the here's the point. Paul says in First Corinthians twelve that um, to each is given mm-hmm. the manifestation of the Spirit. This is in the context of spiritual gifts, ministries, calling, right? Yes. So here's here's what it means, and there's not a lot of debate actually. Charismatics, conservative, every, whatever, everybody's going to be on the same page with this. What it means is that when you Act in your calling or your gift. Let's say God calls you to be an elder. He calls you to be a healer. He calls you to be a teacher or a leader or uh, care and compassion and mercy, service, whatever it is. That the Lord manifests himself as you use that. Meaning the word manifest means to become visible, to become Mm. apparent. So that what the spirit does when the Christian uses their gift, calling or whatever, the spirit manifests himself, works, makes himself know, whatever. So when I teach, I control when I teach. I can say yes or no. I can control the quality of the teaching to some degree. I cannot control the fruitfulness of it. Um, So what happens is when I do my ministry, my calling, the spirit makes himself manifest. And it's one of the ways that we are able to affirm ministry callings for a season because the spirit of God actually manifests himself, makes himself known. Right. And sometimes we say to a person when they're using their gift, I see the Holy Spirit in you. Totally. And And you can, you witness that that's a beautiful thing to see. 
correct. You're affirming First mm-hmm. Corinthians 12, right. which is they're doing something. Yeah. You, don't, you don't actually visibly see the Spirit inside of them. What no, you're no, doing, no. obviously, is you're affirming Oh, when the spirit moves and think about in that in your own life. I hope people have said that to you, but I can think of a, a, of a handful of times where someone has said to me, like, "I can see the spirit using you mm. in that that gifting right there." Totally, and those are like the deepest compliment anybody could ever give, because essentially my soul then gives glory to God. So yeah. that's what I'm made for. Yep. So now they're affirming me in something I'm made to do. Totally. What's hard is when people are in a ministry and it's outside of their, it could be gifting, temperament, et cetera. Right. But when, right. when actually you don't see fruit to have kind of that conversation with people mm-hmm. is really challenging. But well, right. can we use you as an example? Yeah, go for, go for it. I'm and nervous. we're going to talk about healing. Yeah, yeah. So when did you take the um, connections or uh, the groups, groups director job? Helping with community groups started this past August. Right. So we come to you and we're like, you're the groups girl. Okay. Like your job is to love these people, care for them. And, and you know, this is not bragging. It's not anything. Um, You have, and this is what every leader, you know, the person who takes your job from you, they're going to take what you've done and they're going to make it better. I sure hope. Yeah. 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 So what you've done is you've taken groups and you've made it better, which is the hope of every iteration of a leader who oversees our group ministry and the spirit worked Mm -hmm. in you the spirit affirmed the calling in this mm-hmm. season to mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you're having a baby that's yeah. due in two, two months. months. Yeah. And um, life is such that the demands of the job are growing and your right. availability is diminishing. And so we're finding a replacement for your job. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the spirit bore fruit in you in this season, right? but it's not your forever calling. And and, and so here's, here's the deal. Sometimes like people, when they think about spiritual gifts, there are two kinds of ways the Bible talks about it. One are roles and responsibilities, mm-hmm. and the other are activities. So, for example, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about um, are all apostles, are mm-hmm. all prophets. Mm-hmm. These are jobs, mm-hmm. roles, mm-hmm. functions, but they're also called spiritual gifts. Right. Um, do all heal, do all teach, do all uh-huh. lead. Uh-huh. These are like activities. Right. And it's interesting in Paul's mindset, there's not really a big differentiation between the activity or a job. I mean, sometimes you do the activity without the role. Sometimes you do the role, but you're not great at the activity, whatever. My point in saying all this is if you're listening, you're like, where are you going? And what does this have to do with healing? And it has everything to do with healing. We want to put spiritual gifts in this small little box of activities. Mm-hmm. If I have the gift of healing, I will always have it. The spirit will always bear fruit through it. And mm-hmm. I will always do that for the rest of my life. Maybe not. Like, I'm not guaranteed to teach for the rest of my life. The Lord could give me throat cancer. I could lose my ability to speak, and then he'll move me into a different gifting or calling. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we try to simplify the subject. The subject's not simple. You get what I'm saying? There's some, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm Part of me is like, well, if you have the gift of teaching and Mm -hmm. you get throat cancer and you can't talk anymore— I just think God could be preparing you for a different use of that gift. Maybe. A writing ministry, perhaps, or blog. Maybe not. It's true. But so that it's a, maybe we address it another time. Can people get more and more gifts as they get older? I would yeah. love to, to talk through that at some point. But Yeah, so a gift, this is the deal. A gift is not necessarily something you're good at. But it's the Holy Spirit who gave it to you. Okay, so when I use teaching in me, okay? Okay. Um. Paul says to Timothy, fan the flame of the gift that God gives you. Like, grow right. it. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So that when I started teaching, grow. I was the worst. So bad. So unclear. Like, wouldn't put me in any pulpit. Right? But God, I, I remember the first 
pastoral job I had. I was a youth pastor in Missouri. Seven kids came to Christ in two months. What? Yeah. It, it was so bad, right? I, at every level. I fanned the flame of the gift. Right. And I learned it. And as the Lord continues to bear fruit, I've become more skilled. That's what. At teaching. That, yeah. Skill okay. does not equal the manifestation of the spirit. How many people have incredible skills with no spirit manifestation? The hearing is the trick of calling and, and, and gifting and all that kind of stuff. We're all probably good at a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that that's what the spirit wants us to do in this season. And that's okay. Right. That's totally okay. Now, anybody listening to this is probably like, now I'm more confused than ever. Because I we have rooted our identity in what we're good at. Yes. Sometimes the spirit bears fruit and things we stink at. So, so back to the question then. Does oh, he the question, does he thing. give does he give people the gift of healing? Just the straight up gift. So here's what is apparent from scripture. Mm -hmm. Um God gave the gift of healing in the early church, particularly to the apostles, uh -huh. to validate their ministry. Yes. The gift of healing was real. Now let's go back to everything I said and bring all this together. The gift is subject. To the person with the gift. Yes. Okay. So if I have the gift of healing, I have the ability to use this gift. Right. I can bring my sick. If you have the gift. You bring your sick to me. I can bring my sick to you and you will heal him. Correct. Or now, her. There, are, there are instances where a person uses their gift and the receiver of the gift because of their hard heart doesn't actually, they, they push the spirit away. That's possible. I preach every week. Yeah. And there are people sitting there with their arms folded and they're like, I don't like you. You bother me. It does, right. The spirit, it does, I become, their, their, their hardness of heart, um, the spirit is like, fine, I'm all Well, and even think of the story, is it in the, it's in the gospels where the disciples came and they brought the man that they couldn't heal. Yep. Isn't that in the gospels or is that yeah. acts? And Jesus says, this kind only comes out by prayer. In fact, there was a, yes. there was an error in the manuscript. Somebody added and fasting about four, uh -huh. seven, five centuries uh -huh. later. Uh -huh. That's in the King James version, but not really in any other versions. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah. So this kind only comes out by prayer, right? There yes. is a level of resistance here. And Jesus was the healer. Right? Yeah. yeah we yeah, can yeah. say with 100% confidence, he, he had, had the, the gift, gift of, healing. of healing. He's the healer because multiple times people came to him yeah. with their sick through the roof. I'm thinking of leprosy, all these different ailments that came to him. They mm -hmm. were healed every time. He could do that anytime yeah. he wanted. Uh huh. He had a limitation. I would say it's his own self imposed limitation. What was it? Um, if somebody lacked faith, then oh. it wouldn't happen. Do we see that anywhere? That's such a tangent, but do we... It's another discussion, but yeah. yeah. So like uh, Jesus walks in and he says, basically because of the lack of faith, there's things that the that he can't do. Now, the idea is not that he can't, like he's it's impossible, but that there are, it seems like spiritual laws that God's put into place. Because he cared about the heart more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. There you are things can see that, are that in his healing. Yeah. Nope. So does he give that gift that Jesus had? Does God give that to people today? Okay. So let's look at this from two perspectives. What we know that we know and what we know that we don't know. So mm -hmm. what we know is that it was given to the apostles. Mm -hmm. We know that it was given to the apostles. Explicitly, we know this to validate their calling as an apostle. Right. So that seems to be in scripture, 
the primary uh, reason for the gift of healing. It was affirmation. Signs, wonders, and healing were affirmations of the miracle of, of the ministry of the apostles. It validated Jesus as the Son of God as well. Right. Well, so, largely because they were his chief representatives. They were the twelve, and and and, and their job was to really lay the. I mean, the scripture says to lay the foundation. Yes. Of, now we're going to get to what is an apostle next time, but yeah. um, so I'm going to save all my biblical defense yeah, for I our next I one. I can't right? wait to talk about apostle apostleship, but. <clears throat> What we know minimally uh-huh. is that it was given to the apostles to validate their apostolic ministry, representing um, them as messengers of Christ. We know that. Okay. We do know that the early church, by and large, did not practice the spiritual gift of healing because it was attributed to the apostles uh-huh. as a an identifying work of who and who who is and who is not actually an apostle, if you will. Right. We do not see uh, the gift of healing as really anywhere throughout church history, except in extreme heretical groups. That's an issue. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that we don't see the ability to heal by the church or, or people praying and God healing, but the actual gift of healing does, has never really been a part of the last 2,000 years of post-apostolic ministry until mm-hmm. really the late 1800s, and you have uh, this onslaught of of what has now become the Pentecostal movement and a resurgence of this mm-hmm. um, gift. And one of the We'll just speak anecdotally now. I have never heard of or seen somebody with the gift of healing that was able to use it freely and evidentially. And be in control of it. Never. Like, yeah. Never. Ever. Never seen it, never heard it. It's also interesting to me that the very movement, again, I don't have issues personally with Pentecostals. I do have some issues with the global movement of Pentecostalism. But it is a movement that breeds prosperity preachers and swindlers. It does not mean that all Pentecostals are swindlers and prosperity preachers, but globally it is an epidemic. It is devastating the global church, Mm. uh, particularly in Africa and South America and poor urban communities. It is devastating these communities. It is an evil, atrocious exploitation of the poorest people um, that God loves very much. And so what we find is that almost exclusively that Pentecostal – context mm-hmm. um, allow for quote-unquote healers to come into this context and to exploit people. And what's also interesting is that rather than ministering to people, almost exclusively their ministries are public, they are monetized, mm-hmm. um, they are advertised, Yes, and there is no actual real evidential anything around this. Like if someone has the gift of healing, it should be it should be so powerfully evident. Mm. Like it, it shouldn't be like, well, what does the x-ray say? You know, I mean, it right. should be, and, and, the, and the, the gift of healing shouldn't be limited by the, the re, like an arm, like, okay, mm. heal the arm. Like yeah. uh, it was shriveled up. It should right. now not be shriveled. You know what I mean? Right. Like there should be such it tangible. Goes, you're saying it goes against the laws of the universe. This always. person is paralyzed. Healing, miracles, and, and healing, wonders. Yeah. Always visibly, shockingly so, violate the laws of the universe. They are interventions of God into the physical realm. And in the last 50 years with all of our video technology, yeah. anybody with the gift of healing should be able to make that so overwhelmingly yeah. known. So the reason I say this is because if you just timeline this thing out, mm-hmm. everyone agreed the apostles had the gift. Yep. The early church basically stopped that gift with the apostolic ministry because they saw it as validation. Um, only the most extreme border- heretical groups throughout history yeah. practiced tongues, 
yeah, healing, et cetera. We, that's a different subject, but totally, um, it made a resur- resurgence in the in the 19th century. Yep, primarily in Pentecostal movements, mm. um, but it uh, it just doesn't pass it doesn't pass the test for me. Right. So that also does not mean that. Like, remember, we talked at the beginning that people transfer a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So if I say that I don't believe in the gift of healing, okay. The amount of people who will now follow up and say, well, you don't believe in the gift of wisdom. You don't believe in the gift of discernment. You don't believe God healed. I'm like, whoa, whoa. All I said is that healing, and I'll throw in signs and wonders and miracles, are apostolic gifts to validate the founding of the ministry, uh, to validate their authority um, so the people of God could recognize supernaturally if they're able to do this. These are divine things that break the laws of the universe. They are truly from God. And and I still believe because we know the healer, we know him. We have access to the yep. healer, Jesus Christ. We can ask. Absolutely. It never hurts to ask. Gosh, we pray for healing. It's actually healthy to time. ask. It gets us in close relationship with the Father. So yep. so there's a there's a byproduct to this conversation that I want to just identify. Yeah. The byproduct is I'm I'm gonna give a couple of them. One is frustration at me right now. Uh, very real. When you grew up in Pentecostal worlds, you're taught that anybody who contradicts this is bad. Right. They're against you. Yep. Um, you, they don't have to, you don't necessarily taught that explicitly. Mm-hmm. You're taught it implicitly. Um, they don't have faith. They're not filled with the spirit. There are a lot of right. like really powerful um, things said about people who don't believe the gift of healing is for today. It was an mm-hmm. apostolic gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so be aware of some of the passive, subtle, emotional responses that mm-hmm. have been formed in you by your growing up. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is discouragement. Um, for some reason, uh, it's really, really hard for people to understand that in the Bible, there are things that God does in seasons, but he doesn't always do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Old Testament, there were things that God did because of his relationship with Israel and what he was doing in history that he doesn't really do anymore. It doesn't mean he's changed. It's like with my kids. like I relate to them in one season of life differently than I relate to them in another because yeah. Each season has its place in their That's development. True. I mean, we don't see him stopping the sun or, or throwing down hailstones Correct. in any of the battles that Israel is even having nowadays. Totally. So Could he? Absolutely. Right. And that's not the issue. The issue is, like, developmentally, this isn't primarily how he's working. Right. He did that with the apostles. But it sends people into a uh, crisis, like, mm. oh, no, can I trust anything? Right. And it's like, no, you got to understand the story of the Bible. Even though God is always the same, mm. he doesn't always act the same. And that's okay. Um Everybody does that. In fact, we made in his image do that, and it's good and right and normal. And um, and so just, you know, kind of protect yourself. And then I would say the last response is uh, don't just write off the conversation because you, uh, hear me, you've told a lot of people that you do believe in it. Mm. It's okay to be wrong. Mm. Like, there are things that we've done in this podcast and I've preached on. They were wrong. We try to go back to Dan and say, hey, could you take that off? That wasn't helpful. Or yeah. Um, hey, I didn't agree with that. Like, I right. thought I did, you know. It's human. It's okay. Yeah. Um, your identity is not in whether or not you believe, whether or not you're a charismatic. Right. Um, unfortunately, every theological camp places too much identity. I'm a Calvinist, and nobody oh, can nobody can so break down my though. Calvinistic worldview yeah. without my identity being crushed. I put mm. too much verbal stock in it, or I'm a charismatic. I'm a, I believe all the gifts are for today. And mm. to be honest, most people are... They're afraid to change their mind because the spiritual community that they're in, right, values this. And to go against your spiritual community is like gut-wrenching. 
Right. So there's some people that I'm, that are listening to this yeah. and they're like, I can't go back and tell my spiritual community that maybe right. I don't believe that Jim Bob has a gift of healing. Yeah. That I, I just can't. So the, the result of that is often we just kind of shut off the discussion. Yep. And I would just say, don't ever be afraid of the Bible. Don't be afraid no. where it leads you. Don't be afraid of hard ideas. Um, I'm not Jesus. Um, and... And I, I do think that there's a lot to be had here. But I think next time we can come back, we can talk about what's an apostle. That'll right. Be really fun. I, I'm super excited to address that. So next time when we chat, Michael, the question is, are there apostles today? Mm-hmm.